Hello, people. Uh, Simon Madden here again, and Simon Says, and we are very fortunate enough to have one of the great Australian... I know the word soccer is not very good for the international game, but one of the great footballers or the world game players of Australia, a great uh, socceroo, great Australian. Um, uh, look, just... I won't go... We'll talk about he, what the things he's done over the time during the conversation. But Paul Wade, welcome to Simon Says. Thank you, Simon. It's an absolute pleasure to chat to you. Now, I've got to tell you, just for starters, uh, I've got the bland office in the background. Uh, the selection of flags. Yeah. The golden tie. You are, you are, you are the spiffiest-looking interviewer. <laughs> yeah, you know what? With a head like this, the more you look at them and that, the more pressure it takes off me. Oh. No, you know what? I found them. Um, a guy was give, giving up his business and he said, do you want these flags? I thought... That is perfect because I run football clinics with kids. They want to take ownership of a country. Bingo, they've got a flag to prove it. So it works well, whether it's inside or outside. That's fantastic, mate. So you actually would take the flags along with the kids and they get to wave them and become that, become that country for that, that footy clinic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're always saying that, you know, kids are not motivated. Well, give them a reason. Yeah. You know, if I split 50 kids up into... I don't know, four teams and they play off against each other. And as, as soon as you start making, oh, Brazil got beat by Argentina 4-0, you're kidding me. All of a sudden, you've mm. got a competition. That's I mean, great. you've got to put a lid on it because if the elbows start swinging <laughs> and they're only under nines, you're in a lot of trouble. But it's not it is amazing, under nines, whether it's football, basketball, the world game, uh, rugby. It's interesting, I say to the young kids, oh, we won't score. But isn't it amazing how much they still love the scorers <laughs> at the end? We know who won, who kicked the goals, how, how much we won. Why? It's fascinating, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no. They've got to learn to win and lose. Ah, oh, you got beat. You're an absolute... You know, as a coach, it's the way you tell them that they lost. Yes. You know what I mean? You could say it in an aggressive way, you're a loser and all that. Or you can be animated and I can't believe you got beat. You, do you know what I mean? It's yes. Just go down to their level and make it exciting. I've always, I've always been a big one on you. You know, you give somebody a, a backhander and give them a compliment at the same time. If they do something wrong, you say, come on, Paul, you're better than that. Yeah. And they say, yeah, yeah I did wrong, but yeah, you're right, I'm better than that. So you've actually, yeah. you're actually having to go on and we're giving a pat on the back at the same time. So I like, yeah. I like your thinking. I like your thinking. Yeah. Now, Paul, I want to take you back. Um, there's so much I want to discuss with you, but let's, let's go right back because you are an Australian citizen. You're Australian, but you were actually born in Cheshire in England. Is that correct? No, I was, yeah. I came out here when I was 11. But I think, you know what, Simon, I think that's where my love of football came from. Because uh, so, I moved to St Helens, which is a big rugby league town. Yes. And I lived in the only street they played football. And if you didn't play football, you had no mates. So, and you played anywhere. I'm sure you remember back in the day. I did. I grew up in Hallam uh, when I came out here. And we used to play kick to kick on the road. And if there was a car coming, we'd say car and we'd all move off. The car would go past and then we'd back, we'd back on the road again. And that's where, that's what it was like in England playing football, just like it is keep playing kick to kick here in, uh, in Melbourne. I, I, you're bringing back memories. We did that. I grew up in Airport West and the same thing. Had a lot of kids in the street kick to kick. And I always remember one day we only had one football and it rolled out and somebody said car or it must probably a truck and it, it ran over the football <laughs> and we didn't have one. We had to go and find one. We didn't have another one close by. It was very devastating for about an hour, I think. <laughs> yeah. Great. And then uh, what, brought you, what brought your parents out and brought you out? Was it just, um, you know, like immigration for work or a new correct. life? Correct. 
Yeah. Yep, 10 pound poms, Simon. Oh, wow, fantastic. Yeah, right. You know, when we got here, I think the first day back in October 73, the first day was probably about 19 degrees. But when you've just come from the north of England, oh, yes. it is so hot. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, yeah, I was very lucky. When I think about what I might have been doing in England now compared with what I am today, I'm thinking, thank goodness my old man, who was an electrical engineer, decided that he'd go and work for Pilkington's ACI Glass down what? there in, uh, in Dandenong. And wow, um, thank goodness, Simon. Thank goodness. So, so in Australia, who were you, like as a kid, who were you playing um, football for back then? How did you get involved here, like into the organised game rather than the kid mm. in the street? Yeah. Oh, I didn't want to play when I first got here. Yeah, it's quite surprising, right? Because this place, Dandenong, was so exciting to me. There were coloured birds flying in yes. around in the air, no cages, huntsmen that big. <laughs> you know, as an 11-year-old, this is exciting. It was my mum that said, right, you're going to play football. So she dragged me down. I mean, I might have played anyway, yes. but when I think about it, it was her saying, you down there, start playing football. And once I got there, I was fine. But there was a lot of months where I was more than happy to take in all this exciting new country. And what, what, uh, what club was that you started with back then? Dandenong City. Just yeah, Dandenong City, City under 12s. And under 12s, uh, fantastic. And so, yeah. you go, so to go through that, obviously, you know, we'll talk about the, the top end of the career, but did, when did you start the show or when did you feel and when did you show that you actually had ability that people are going to start noticing you? Mm, you know what? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a well, it, it wasn't, I wasn't fussed at the, the start. I never played for Victoria. I never went to the Institute of Sport. The first time anyone ever thought, you know, you're good enough to represent anyone was when I was 23 and that was to play for the national team. But you know what, Simon? It didn't worry me. For me, back then, the most important thing in my life was that training session and that game. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. We're so caught up in, if you're not in the AFL draft, you're not going to make it. Well, thank goodness it wasn't then because yeah. 23 years of age, I just... I didn't play overseas. I had a dream of playing for Liverpool, but I knew I wasn't going to get there. So just enjoy every game. And, and I'm glad I was born when I, I was, because if I was born today, Simon, I wouldn't make it. I was as slow as a wet week. <laughs> you'd, be you'd be surprised, mate. I saw, if a lot of people say that, I think well, you, you would be trained differently. They'd get you early, yeah. train you up, and you might be able to... But I, you know, I, had, I had divisions of playing for Tottenham Hotspurs, and that was never going to happen. Oh. That's what I <laughs> but that was, that was later. That wasn't when I was a kid. That was much later. So, yeah. so, tw so you said 23 is when you start playing, like, serious-level footy. Mm -hmm. And I'm it was really interesting you say that you just worried about... Because, you know, in sport, the good thing is you just worry about now. If you worry yeah. about the next bit, and so you probably re reversed in just playing now, which probably helped you. But that start, when you start playing high-level sports, what goes through your mind then? Do you think, oh, like this, or what's next, or are you still just in the moment? No. that Well, yeah, as soon as that whistle goes, you, you're right there in the moment. But I don't know about you. Did you have a job when you were playing? 
Well, mate, we did it because but I started young. I started. I was unusual. I started sixteen, so I was at school. But when I finished, it was still the era of semi-professional sport. So I was a teacher during the day, and then training after hours and week right. and, and playing on the weekend, and then that changed. Yeah. And later on, I, I got into business after that. But it was it was those era. So I started mm. seventy. I was a little bit older than you, mate. You haven't you haven't hit. I'm over sixty. You haven't hit the dark side yet, mate. You won't understand. Yeah. But um, no, not long to go now. You're right, we had a job to go to on Monday. So if we travelled to Adelaide or, or Brisbane and we got beat, well, we had to be back at 11 on the last flight back to Melbourne because yeah. at 7 o'clock the next morning, I was a draftsman again. Yeah. And when I was starting to play for the national team after I was 23, I would ask the boss, and this is what I still can't believe, we'd ask the boss on Thursday if we could have Friday off because we were playing Brazil on Sunday. <laughs> You know, and so... I hope you had good bosses, because I'd be saying, yeah, can I come and watch, you know? Yes, exactly. Two free tickets, yeah, boss, exactly there you lot. go. Yeah, so, yeah, again, lucky. Uh, the money would have been great, but I think we have so many positives back yeah. in the day because we had that distraction. I commentate for the ABC radio on, on a number of levels, and if a kid gets dropped his whole world comes crashing down. If you're a senior player and you get the flick, you might have to go to another town or to drag your family to another country. Yes. You know, and that's exciting. It sounds exciting, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of sacrifice there. My sacrifice was giving up my weekend and three nights a week to play football. Yeah, no, it's a very good point, mate, and and it and it really grounded you, didn't didn't it? Because yeah. I can, I can remember um, being a teacher back then, and you could win or lose, and the kids, you know, for five minutes on the Monday, yeah, great or terrible, but then after that they forgot about it. And you had to do your job, so it was a real grounding and and keeping you. Now, now I'm fascinated too, mate, because you at, at um you started like senior footy back in the days when the Green Gully was a team. And then mm. the, way, and the way the National League has developed, because as you said, now you're commentating, so you've seen that. Have you seen that change and grow uh, over the years? Because it has just got bigger and, you know, it, it's had different formations, but the National League has just grown and, and, and grown over those years. Yeah. Oh, you know, the great, and I'm sure it's happening in the AFL, the tactics and the rules back then to today, you could get away with murder in football because <laughs> a lot of teams played five at the back, yeah. three in midfield and two up front, you know, and you could pass it back to the goalkeeper and he could pick it up. Pick it up, that's so right. He'd yeah. Get, yeah, so he'd get it from one fullback, pick it up and throw it to the other. Can you imagine if that happened today? Yeah. They crowded, well, they wouldn't turn up. Yeah, they, they would, would not turn up. Yeah. Um, but we were, the warm down was done in the bar, so we weren't exactly the fittest footballers <laughs> in the world. But then again, I'm figuring that that would have been the same for you. So there, is, there are so many pluses. Um, I think they're re restricted in a way that they're, they're part of a formula today. So yes. when that happens, that happens. And yes. there's none of that. When you get the ball, if you can beat four players, go. Yeah, and if we right. haven't got it, and we can win it back straight away, then go. Um, there was less structure. Um, there are many things that I think, yeah, I wonder what it would have been like for us. But um, it's a yeah. very, it's a, that's a very good point you make because there was, a lot of there was a lot of reliance in a lot of sports on talent. And now there's a lot more, of course, there's talent in football, there's a lot more reliance on system. Mm. 
and, and that's in the, I know I know in the world game I I call it the world game so I'm not I don't be disrespectful and call it soccer because I know a whole no. lot of world whole lot of world doesn't call it that so I say football yep. and footy in the yep. world game but yep. I can see in the world game that there there is is a whole lot of a structure that has to come into it and you have to be able to play that role and it's that's yeah. the term now you play your role yeah. and if, and if the ro- and if the role actually limits what you have to do you have to live with that and mm. that's what that because you're being part especially overseas you're paying yeah. x amount of money you are a professional sports person we ask this of you and you have to do it yeah do you when you look back at some of those games can you can you remember when you didn't know who was on whose side because you were so covered in mud. I don't know whether Windy Hill was like that. I can't oh, remember. Look. But, yeah, but um, Punt Road and oh. North Melbourne's ground. What was North Melbourne's? Arden like? Street. Arden Street. Oh, yes. Uh, Doug Way. You could not see who was on whose side. The, and you know I, what? When I, I look at them now, yes, they're quicker, faster, more skillful, mentally tougher maybe, but... The, the work ethic of working through the through mud, the mud. Yeah. to get a ball, which was soaking wet and kick it down the guts. Sometimes I just go, you won't understand that today, guys, but I give you guys a massive tick for doing that. It's part it, of the it, game, wasn't it? it? It was part of the game. And you, like you would have a, at the old remote at halftime, you'd have some bike, some days, I remember myself, but some days you'd go in, have a shower to get all the mud off, have a new <laughs> set of clothes, and then within five minutes you're the same again. But you, you might have had an advantage for five minutes. Times when yeah. the ball, times the ball had hit the middle and not move. That's how it was. It just go bang and stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're right, there was times when you're going, who, who's on who's, because there was so much mud. And of course, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's, you know, the grounds are it's so professional, so curated so well. It doesn't yeah. matter how much rain. You might be playing mm. in water, but you're not playing in mud. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, some of the things that, you know, how I was talking about getting from a fullback and the, uh, the keeper could pick it up. I think of Kevin Bartlett just about to be tackled and Bouncing? Oh, bouncing the ball, dropping the ball. All the, but that's, yeah, yeah. Can I, you imagine now them doing that? Just... I don't I, I don't have any more. You know, I, I throw it away. I don't have any more. You take me free kick. Oh, it's coming back. You know, it's, it's a fair... Because the original rule is incorrect disposal. So it's not uh, actually throwing ball or dropping ball. It's incorrect disposal. So right. if you incorrect dispose of it incorrectly, um, yeah. Now, just, yeah. I want to just... Because I'm reminded, and I think I should have realised this. I want, I'm just a little side step. You've got a black suit on and a yellow tie. <laughs> Can't have time. <laughs> yeah. I, I came I out of the clock. Hey? I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna refer to it, but I'm saying no, I have to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've been very good, they've been sensational, and they've got another yeah. one. So you you yeah. obviously you're a passionate man. Well, oh look, you know, when I came out uh, in seventy three, Richmond with a be all and end. Yes. Bingo, yes. there's my team. Um, look, I only come out, I came out in 80, 2017, 2009. I've ju- I always come out of the closet with my Richmond. I've got a yellow and black car. I'm oh. always wearing this with pride. Beautiful. Uh, there's nothing like your team winning a grand final, no, especially well, when you're smashing the opposition. No, look, uh, as I said, I've been lucky enough to be in two and two losing runs. Yeah. And, I know the, and I know the difference, man. I totally agree. It's, it's great. Now, yeah. that's enough. That's enough. And I want to go back. <laughs> that's enough. Um, so, now, interesting because you, you went Green Gully, Brunswick, Juventus, like that was a whole change of teams then. South Melbourne, Heidelberg, 
Then you went up to Canberra. You went to the Canberra Cosmos. That, like, mm. for someone who was local, and you said you didn't. I want to talk about internationally because I want to talk about. It's always interesting to see how people get to the national team and national yeah. sport. So you've gone yeah. through the, you know, the, or the, you, know, you go through the national league, but to play in the national team. So that was just a change of career or an opportunity, or why Canberra? Because I got kicked out of South Melbourne Hellas. Because they, they were they were uh, Hellas and Croatia yes, and it was all mixed up. It was all mixed yeah. up at that stage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Frank Harrock, who was the national team coach, and he was just about to drop me when he lost the job. Isn't it amazing how Isn't your career amazing? goes? And you had nothing yeah, to do just, with that. And you, yeah. had nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just happened to be in the wrong or right place at the wrong or yeah. right time. Yeah, and he right. was just about to give me the flick. And then he gets the job at South Melbourne. And all the journalists are going, I bet you he gives you the flick. And I thought, no, it's on a different level. It's club land. Boom. Boom. Get yeah. out. Yeah. I'll never forget being, because he said, uh, oh, that's right. I was coming on as a substitute and I thought I was doing well and I was scoring goals. So at one training session, I said to him, look, Frank, um, I'm, I'm not playing. I'm sitting on the bench. You know, am I going to get a game? And he said, you'll only get a game if Mickey Peterson or Paul Trimboli get injured. And it was that moment I thought, well, I'm still captain of the national team. I can't afford to be sitting on the bench for my yes. club. I said, well, you give me no option then. He goes, well, the choice is yours. Yeah. And my heart stopped to realise that after nine years at a club, it was over just like, just that. like that. isn't it? Yeah. No fanfare, just me and him at a training session on our own, and he put me in a position where I had no... That's how I got to Canberra. Because, well, that's interesting, um, mate, because players, want to know, like players don't want to be unsure. Either if he says mm. yes or no, if he says, I don't want you, you go, all right, I'll go. But yeah. if it's Amar, you're not sure. Yeah. So was that a good experience? Like going up there, was that a good experience? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, honestly, I love honesty. That's good. <laughs> no, when I say no, um, it was good for the transition from... Um, Melbourne, high-ranked high club to finishing all together because yeah. it, Canberra Cosmos was a, a new club. Yes. I was put there because I was a Socceroo captain at the time and it brought a little bit of profile. Uh, it gave me a great responsibility knowing that, you know, it wasn't based all around me, but I had a responsibility to sell the club to yes. the community. Yeah. And with that comes that, you know, there's a, I don't know about when you were playing, but there's a, there was a heck of a difference between trying hard and being desperate. And yes. I think that's why I played that's... for so long because I was always desperate to get the ball back. Not fearful, just no, no, that no, is but... my ball. So in the first year, I scored 11 goals. I hadn't scored 11 goals in the 12 seasons before yeah. that. Yes. But again, it was that ownership and I had to. So I, in a way, it was good. It just gave me that last little kick until I finished. Yeah. And I was, um, I was having to do a lot of media and Channel 7 just about took on the rights to uh, the National Soccer League. Yes. And the, the easy transition is to go, well, I can do some TV if you like. And so from there, I went to Sydney and I retired. So my, my career sort of came down. Even though it was hard to get the flick from South Melbourne, it sort of was a nice gradual, yeah, see you right. later, you're out of here. Good point. And I, can I just add one more story? Yeah, um, the last game I played for the Socceroos was in Canberra against Tahiti in the uh, Oceania Nations Cup. 
And I'll never forget this, but it's very emotional when you come off for the very last time. And the, um, Raul Blanco was the coach. And he said to me, you know, because I told him I was going to retire. Uh, he said, right, with 20 minutes to go, I'll give you a signal, but I want you to go all the way to the other side of the ground. And when your number comes up, you take as long as you like yeah, walking right. off. And that's great, isn't it? How thoughtful is that? That's great. Yeah. yeah. It just gave everyone a chance to say, thank you. Oh, I was in tears. I was a complete mess. But when I think about it now, I wonder how many other people actually think rather than just go, bang, you're not good enough, get out. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, that's a very interesting point, mate, because it's... Uh I could I could spend an I, we could spend an hour on that just on that about how yeah. that, that empathy and understanding is really really important in high level performance. So that's uh, yeah. and yeah. Uh, high level performance. So we and I've spent a lot of time on that because I just want people you know listeners and, and, and viewers to understand your grounding. But then of course a couple of games with Australia B get you there, and then a eighty four game career with Australia, captain of mm-hmm. Socceroos. How was that? The first game I played for the Socceroos. Well, I just how did that? Yeah, tell us about that crew from the first game and how you felt. Oh, oh, right through. Give us anything you like on that. Yeah. Well, I had no experience of playing semi-professionally. I always had a job, and all of a sudden there was this opportunity to go away for four weeks with the national team. Yeah. But I was just, I was just part of um, a group of players, twenty-five players, something like that, and I'd never played before. So sitting on the bench was really exciting to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yes. It was exciting. Um, and then uh, I think Ken Murphy got injured in the middle of the park, which is where I played. And Frank Arrow, I could see him because I knew that's where he played. And I'm looking at him and he's looking down the line and going, oh, shit. All right, Wade, get warmed up. <laughs> Whoa. So oh, I had no chance to panic. Yeah. It was like, where's my boots, my shin pads? Right, when I get on, what am I going to do? I've never been here before. These Czech Republic or Czechoslovakian players yeah. were as tall as you, yeah. but they were that wide. They were massive bikes, in yeah. my mind. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, I like, no, totally agree, mate. Totally agree. Um, uh, yeah, and I passed my first ball to somebody who didn't move and gave it away. And he's standing there, the guy I was supposed to pass it to, he's going, yeah, but... Yeah. So I'm like, whoa, welcome to the real world. Yeah, the real world, yeah. Get on, and now I've given the first ball away. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? That's it, very interesting, because you know time for, oh, it's okay, mate, it's right. No, mate, you, you're <laughs> out there, you're out there, you're in this team, you go by the rules, and you'll get a bit of this as well. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, no, so, was... Now, look, 86 to 96, 84 guns, had 10 goals for Australia. Um, some of the highlights of that, there must be moments where you're just related and obviously there must be moments when you're, you're desolate about it, wins and losses and opportunities lost and opportunities gained, just some of that. You know, you might be surprised by this, but it was the, the last game to qualify for the Olympic Games. All oh, right. Now, yeah. You know what, cast your mind back to when you were playing in that grand final, the night before you play it sometimes... Uh, and maybe not the second one, but definitely the first one for me was I hardly got any sleep because yeah. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. If we lost, I think it was against the Solomon Islands. If we lost against the Solomon Islands, we weren't going to the Olympic Games. Yeah. But I scored the first one in that game and it was the best game ever. We didn't win by a country mile, but 
just the build-up to, oh, yeah. like, imagine if we get beat by the Solomon and, Islands. And in that, so, too, like, there's an, in that, if you're playing the Solomon Islands, you're expected to win. Like, you know, exactly the, the right. There's not a, yeah. or it's, it's not England or Argentina, it's Solomon Islands, we win. So that, <laughs> there's, there's an added pressure, isn't there? Yep, yep, that pressure of expectation. So for me, I'll never forget the final whistle game wow, we're going to the Olympic Games in Seoul in 1988. But I guess the other one, the one that um, a lot of people are interested in might be Mark and Diego Maradona. Well, again, I was gonna, you've let, beautifully led into that because that was one of the ones I wanted to talk about because that is a name, like that's just a name. But yeah. if, even if you don't know sports, even if you mm. don't know the world game, you must know that name. So the opportunity and the challenge of doing that, that what was that like? Yeah, the... It, I think most of it is the story before that, and I'll get. I'll no, go for your life, right? Go for no, your life. No, no, no. I don't want to bore you too much because <laughs> I, I think the the tick at the end, the icing on the cake, whatever you want to call it, would be walking out against Maradona. But the story for two games before that, when the national team come, coach comes up to you and says you're not playing. So I'd gone from playing 88 times for the Socceroos and never been dropped to you're not playing because we've decided to do this tactically different twice against Canada. Now, have you ever been dropped? Unfortunately, I haven't, mate. I know what it's like, yes. And I, I've, I, the whole story there, when, you, when you, you've played enough that you don't expect to be dropped and you don't think it'll happen, enough experience of a sudden you go, ooh, I won't, yeah. use the words, I won't use the words I used. But it is, <laughs> it's, it's, a real, it's a real kick in between the, knock between the eyes, isn't it? Yeah, oh. Dead right. You, you go through all those emotions, don't all you? Anger emotions. about the coach. You're, and then you go the embarrassment. of being, You're the soccer captain and you've just been dropped. I have the dubious honour of being the first captain ever dropped from the national team. And then you're, after the embarrassment comes the worry that you'll never get your shirt back again. Yes. And, you go, and the first thing the journalists do, so... Wadey, what do you think of Eddie Thompson? God bless him, he's no longer with us. But <laughs> Yeah, and, of course, and they're looking for a story, of course. And they, they want just want to, yeah, they want a seven-second grab, don't they? Yeah, and they want they, you to be as nasty as they can. Absolutely. So I sat on the bench for the whole of that game, and then in the second World Cup qualifier, again against Canada at the Sydney Football Stadium, yeah. he sat me on the bench again. And the hardest part about all of that was trying to be as enthusiastic and, and engaging as I was when I was playing. And I got through that. I went on for the last 20 minutes of the game. Mm. I, I, did, I was happy with my 20 minutes, right? Yeah. It goes to a penalty shootout. We're all in the middle of the ground deciding who's going to take the first penalty. And Tomo said, who is going to? And I went, me, Simon. Simon, the walk between that halfway line and that penalty oh, spot. Magnificent. And that's, it, it's, it's about 10 miles, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. Again, I refer to you, but it, it's that everyone's focused on your kick of a football. Mm. You're the full forward. It's not that far out, but in your mind, you're thinking, geez, if I miss this. And the goals go like this. <laughs> they do, don't <laughs> and they? the goalkeeper gets this big. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And, and so I'm playing against Maradona was the little uh, cherry on the top of the cake. It was that whole process of being told you're not good enough and coming back and still being positive and a moment of leadership, you take the first penalty. Yeah. That was the moment I look back on and go, 
wow. But that, look, that's great because I love to talk about overcoming uh, obstacles. And therein, therein is, is a great story because you could you could have just dropped your head. You could have, you've could have got yourself in trouble by abusing the coach in, uh, in the media when they wanted it. But you held your ground. And then you, but interesting, you took that step. I know, look, you had been captain, so I understand you got the leadership quality. But they're able to go, well, I sat on the bench, but I'm on, done all right between it, and I'm going to take this kick. You've got to have yeah. confidence in your own ability too, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I don't know whether um, it was just reflex or the determination to shove it down the back of the throat of the people who said I wasn't good enough and yet you're just in the moment, you know. Um, yes, there's yes. many things that we've all done. You go, wow, did I really do that? I don't yeah. know whether I'd do it today, but right then is, uh, is the moment I... Uh, maybe there was a couple of seconds where nobody said anything. And that, but maybe that's it. Because if somebody had been quicker, maybe somebody else did. But as soon as that hesitation, you went bang, I'm in. Yeah, that's it. Straight up. Fantastic. Away. Fantastic. Yeah. And then, well, that's a great lead up because then you play and mark Maradona. Mm. Yeah. How was, yeah. and, what, and what was that like? Yeah, in the very next game. So after I got my shirt back against uh, and scoring that goal against Canada, the next game was against Argentina. Now, if Maradona had played up front, then a Mehmed Djurakovic, who also played for South Melbourne Hellas, he was going to do the marking job. Mm. But because he played in midfield, that was my job. Now, two players got injured in the middle of the park and stayed in Europe. So, again, it's another moment where you go, if they were fully fit and available, they would have played. Yes. You just got to work hard to be in the right place at the yeah. right time and standing next to him. He's only that big. He's only a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you got the photo there. Have a look. He's <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm standing there and he's standing there and I'm going, wow, that's Diego Maradona and, gee, he's only small and he looks really strong and um, happy birthday. <laughs> because it was his birthday. Oh, it was his birthday, so <laughs> happy birthday. So the look I got was, you are kidding me. Yeah, it yeah, was just, yeah. you know, again, you go, it was one of those moments, just do it. And, and I, was, I was nervous, but because of the preparation leading up to it, again, Tomo said, have a look at his last two games that he played. So in my mind, I went from, that's Maradona. I'm never going to stop him to, well, he's that big. He only uses his left foot. Yeah. He's really strong. And he doesn't move very far. So I carried those four things for the two weeks prior to the game. So when I went out there, I was nervous, but I wasn't afraid. And you weren't underprepared, were you? Absolutely. And I think there was no mindfulness back in the day. You know, you had 90 minutes of football, get out there and play. But I'm sure it was that, that just being prepared up here as well as down there and in there. yeah. Um, that just, he didn't score a goal, but oh, he crossed the ball that they scored a goal in Sydney for. Yeah. Devastated. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. devastated. And so he got that's... away from me a number of times, but the one time that really counted, he did some damage. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing, how those great players can bring other players into the game. Whatever game it is, the good ones bring other people in. So yeah. now, just on that, now, so in all of that, um, I talked about overcoming it. Um, Adversity, and you've had a great story about that. What about what about the leadership that you've seen? That you've, what did you learn? Because I always say it's not just what you did; it's what you learned from what you did. So mm. you, as the captain of Socceroos, what's the leadership qualities you learned about that? Cameron Schwab. Remember Cameron yes. Schwab? 
Yes. Youngest AFL CEO for the Richmond Football Club. Remember that, yes. And I've been reading, yeah, I've been reading his book, uh, There's More to the Game. And one thing he said uh, with leadership, um, he said, it's the example you set and the culture you create. Mm. And I thought, wow, when it comes to leadership and the example I set, I couldn't do any more. Mm. It's difficult. I don't know. Same in AFL. It's not like cricket. You're the cricket captain. You make decisions that affect the game of, of the yeah. sport. In AFL, these are grown-up men who are playing at a high level. You can't go around telling them what to do and when. So how did I create a culture? I'm thinking, or did I even create a culture? Yeah. For me, it was if I could set an example and a, and a standard, then the culture creates itself in a way, but the only thing I might hang my hat on when it comes to creating that, I sat next to somebody different every breakfast, lunch and dinner. Because that way, because people love to talk about themselves. Listen to you and me, Simon. <laughs> we, we do, don't we? We love to talk uh, about Look, I, I won't say yes, but I'll say yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And so if you're sitting next to somebody different every meal and listen to them, you, you break down that barrier of you playing Europe and I don't. You earn $100,000 a week and I don't. Right. Uh, you break that down, you make it a more personal relationship. So, look, relationship. I, would, I was asked this the other day, Do you, were you a good captain? I don't know. I set an example and I tried to create a culture that reflected that. Right. So Excellent. if Cameron Schwab is right, and I love the... It's the example you set and the culture you create. I'm nicely right. put, nicely put, mate. Yeah, thanks, Cameron. Tick. I know Cameron. I haven't seen him for a while, so I'll, t I'll tell him that you've, you've, yeah. made an, you've made it. He's had an effect at least one place. That's great. Now, just on that, you're a great player for Australia, captain of Socceroos, but you didn't go overseas and play like so many other players do. And did you have the opportunity? Did you think about the opportunity? Or was there something that in your mind you just said, that's not for me? Yeah, I, I'd heard so many. When these players came back from Europe to play for the Socceroos and I would listen to them, they would talk about how one guy went to uh, Holland. He didn't know how to speak Dutch. Yes. It was freezing cold. Once he'd seen the town once, there's no point going out there again. Nobody in the actual team wants you to take your position or yeah. their position. Their position yeah. That's their living they're not going to be nice and come in and, and look like a hero. It's cutthroat. You know, it's dog eat dog. So when I'm listening to that, I don't think, Simon, to tell you the truth, I was good enough anyway. I was as slow as a wet week. I don't know. The terminology is it's important in football, your first touch of the ball, because when it comes, the first touch sets up the second and third and fourth. Yes. My second touch of a ball was a tackle because my first touch was that bad. I think you're underselling yourself. But anyway, I'll go with the story. I'll go with the story. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically uh, where I was at. I was hearing these stories. It's not as glamorous as everyone makes out. I'm happy. I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm playing for South Melbourne Hellas. Um, I've got a job. I have a balanced life. Yeah. Um, I travel all over the world playing for Australia. Why would I go and sit in a freezing cold room eating ice cream? That's what he used to do, this guy in Holland, because he was so bored. 
it used to sit there with a tub of ice cream and oh, that was well. it. It's I don't think I was good enough anyway. Oh, well, so it didn't gonna... really matter. But it's interesting, I remember reading somewhere, and it was a, a number of years ago now, but I think someone said there was about 200 players playing a world game overseas, but we only knew about three or four of them. We only knew yeah. the big nine. And it was, for them, it was that job that, I, you know, I'll go to Holland, I'll go to Italy, I'll go to France, I might be third, you know, third level league or whatever, but I get a job and I do it. But it's all about, yeah, I just fill in a spot and then I move on to another spot. So you do... In that instance, you can miss that camaraderie that you have in that, that Australian side. It's a very good point, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the boys loved coming back, really. Yeah. Uh, so they could take the mickey out of each other. <laughs> oh, you've got to do that. You have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I show you something? Please, please, This please. is, you know how uh, I earn a living out of speaking gigs and working with kids who are in trouble and at risk and all that. And I, I show my football shirts. I show the Maradona shirt and I you've got show a Mar- the you've shirt. Got, hang, on, wait, wait, hang on, you've got, Mar- you've got a Maradona, you swapped and you've yeah. got a Maradona shirt. Yeah, and I've got the, uh, the Maradona shirt there's there. And so I use that. Beautiful. And I use and them got, as props. Yeah, I use them as props. I'm going back. That's the second one. The first one is you've got your own. Yeah. You know why <laughs> I've got this one, Simon? Nobody old? would swap with me. <laughs> it's, re- it's really embarrassing. It is. Oh, I don't know. It's funny. You know, one... But it's funny. Well, that's funny because in Australia, historically, after the grand final, you swap jumpers. Nobody does that now because I want to keep no. my grand final jumper. I don't want to give it to somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, the reason I've got this is because nobody would swap with me. But when somebody did, and the guy played for, he played for Sweden uh, at Olympic Park in Melbourne. Remember the old Olympic Park? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he swapped with me. He's walking off with that. And he's got to the crowd, I swear. He's thrown it into the crowd. And they threw it back at him. <laughs> they didn't want it either. How sad is that? Oh, I don't think it's got anything to do. I just think they thought that was a bad pattern, mate. It's, it's <laughs> the designer's fault. It's the designer's fault. <laughs> yeah. So we've got, this is, this is the point I wanted to make. Gee, I digress, don't I? Oh, I love and it. I love it. This, this shirt here, it's got the words, I'm an idiot on it. Right? I'm, uh, there it is. It's given out to somebody. Where is it? It's given out to somebody at the end of every day who did something really stupid. And we're all, I don't know what you had at Essendon and Hawthorne, but we had the idiot shirt. And if you did something stupid, the boys voted, you had to wear it for 24 hours and it's never allowed to be washed. Oh, no. Yeah, right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this, is, this is how a couple of them got it. We had a quiz named Five Countries Beginning With E. So everyone's going Ecuador and Estonia and Egypt. One of the players said Istanbul. <laughs> you haven't yet. You haven't a good look at a map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and keep it. This is how I got it. I got it playing against the USA at the Citrus Bowl in Miami. And we beat them 1-0. So that was yeah. back in the day when we were all out for a refreshing ale. Yes, of So course. it was late at night and we were just about to go out. I'm in the first cab. I've got all the cab charges. And I looked down. There's still $10.45 on the meter. So I said that to the cab driver. Can you turn it off? One of the boys in the back of the cab has looked over the front seat and gone, Wadey, that's the digital clock, you idiot. The meter's on the other side. <laughs> I wore that shirt for the whole tour of America and South America. Oh, magnificent. <laughs> yeah. 
you must have done, you must have had something like that, right? Oh, like we, I'm trying to think of different things. Like we, there were so many things that happened. Like it wasn't just, we did have the shirt, but oh, you had like, like somebody put a, somebody put a flare in somebody's locker at one stage and, <laughs> and it just went right through the whole rooms. And, <laughs> oh, like I better not go into some of the things that happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By now, look, mate, I'm, I've got, I've got, a, I'd love to keep going, but we, we have a time. We actually do have a time limit on this. Um, I always ask if, 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 you, if someone was going into the game now, what's one piece of information, one, a little point of help that you'd give them? Wow. Is there, is there one or is there more than one? Yeah. Oh, I, I guess when I talk to littlies and, and parents, I say they're going to make it because they want to, not because you want them to, yes. not because you're driving them hard, not because you're... If they're not playing the game, they're not going to make it. Make football enjoyable. enjoyable. Make, them, make them dream whatever it might be. And the first thing you do on game day, shut up and let them play. <laughs> <laughs> you had Tuesday, Thursday, before the game, halftime, after, shut up and let them play. Okay. Let them have their moment of sheer freedom where they can do whatever they like. That's a very good point, mate, because there's, there's a, it's really interesting. There's a whole change of, of junior sport. Mm. A long, long time ago, the kids would go and play sport and the parents wouldn't go. They were too busy doing something else. And now, you know, you do like to encourage your kids. And there's a lot of parents who go and are quiet. There's still parents who live their life through their kids. And, oh. the, kids, and the kids losing the kids lose the enjoyment. Mm. And if you, can't, if you don't enjoy sport, how can you play it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you did you did you have a hero growing up? Mine was a guy who played for Liverpool. I want to be him. It did, I was never going to do it, but I just wanted to be him, and I would admire everything he did. Did you have one of that? Oh, um, I had a few. I actually, um, my dad was a Madge Long supporter, so I was brought up with Polly Farmer and Billy Goggin and, and Billy yeah. Ryan, the best mark. And so yeah. my my father was just Polly Farmer was his idol as far as ruckman because of course my dad was tall and, and loved the ruckman. But then I started to watch become as local boy in Essendon and started to become an Essendon supporter. And I always remember um, Peter Daniels, and he's not a big name, but I can remember as a third and I watched him play. And he went up for a mark and the goal score right in front of the goals. And the ball was coming and he could have marked it and he actually realised he was close to goals and leant out of the way and let the oh. ball go through. I can remember, right. how good is that? Yeah. And I ended up in my first season actually playing with him. And I have a great story about him trying to tell me how to kick my first goal and I told him to shut up and get out of the way. But, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, like there are, you look at, that, you look at those things and um, had a friend who kept saying, oh, take marks like Royce Hart. And I said, well, that would be good oh, if you could take marks. Oh, now we're like talking. Him. Yeah, so that era was great. But uh, look, Paul, uh, uh, look, I have to, I have to bring this to a. We have a time limit on this because we could come, but I have to bring this to an end. Uh, look, Paul, All right, can I tell a dad joke before oh, I go? Oh, please, love dad joke. Please. I, need a, I, I need a dad joke for my all kids. Right. who are all grown up. But tell me <laughs> one. Tell me one. All right. Somebody complimented me on my parking the other day. They put a little note on my windscreen. It said, "Parking fine." <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Good, I like that one. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. Right, it's all oh, look, yours. Paul Wade, look, thank you very much for your time. It has gone very quickly. Uh, and I always say this, not only were you a great sports person, but you're a great person. You're doing a lot of good work. Um, if there's any, any way we can help you, uh, promote anything for you, please uh, make sure you give us a, a, a ring, a call or an email because um, 
I know you're doing good things with the, the youth, etc. So good luck for the future, mate. Great, great career. Thank you very much for your time and all the best. It's a pleasure, Simon. Keep up the good work. See ya. See ya.